Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Petko Stoyanov and Rachel Lyon to explore the latest in global cybersecurity news, trending topics, and industry transformation initiatives impacting governments, enterprises, and our way of life. Now, let's get to the point. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of To The Point Podcast. I'm Rachel Lyon, here with my co-host, Petko Stoyanov. And excited to bring you part two of our conversation with consumer affairs advocate, Adam Levin. So without further ado, let's get to the point. And Alex had no idea. And he looked up from his cash register and suddenly there were like a hundred women standing in front of him, giggling and and, uh, wanting him to, you know, check them out. Uh, at his cash register, his phone was dead. So he had no idea what was going on. He gets back to his mother's car. He plugs his phone and he finds out he's got tens of thousands of Twitter followers. So that was the good news. The bad news is that he started, the family started getting death threats. They got information about the family on the dark web and ultimately they became victims of uh, identity theft. So you know, the simplest, most innocent thing in the world, which is just standing there, could end up putting you in harm's way because of the way the world is today. That causes me pause. <laughs> no, and it really does. You know, one, one of the stories that I'm aware of that occurred many years ago is there was a fellow who hated his neighbor. And so when the neighbor was away on vacation... He went over and sat on the front porch of the neighbor's house in the back or the back porch. And obviously no one was looking. He proceeded to hack in to his neighbor's computer. And then he had that computer or had that neighbor, as it were, going on to child pornography sites. And then he notified the police and the neighbor comes home and is greeted by the police department and spends two years clearing his name. So it could, you know, it could just be your neighbor doesn't like you. uh, And you could also be in harm's way. It's just, there, there's so many different ways that we are exposed or have potential exposures. And that's why it's so important to do a lot of the things I talked about in the three M's, because you need to know as soon as possible, you have a problem and you have to have a plan And you have to, especially knowing that our information is out there now and has been out there because there's been just tens of thousands of breaches with millions of files and billions of records that you just have to adjust to the fact that uh, we are on defense right now and we have to be as offensive as possible in order to, to better protect ourselves. And- Government hasn't done enough, business hasn't done enough, and frankly, neither have we as consumers done enough. And that's why a couple of years ago, the uh, CEO of Microsoft made a statement about the concept of shared responsibility, that we all have a responsibility. And especially when you think about so many people working remotely now, having all their devices exposed to other family members, and, you know, I have a 10-year-old, God love him, and... Uh, um, friends of mine who have kids. And I say, just keep in mind the fact that children can become weapons of mass destruction within a family on your uh, computer systems. And that's why I set up a separate network for your kids and your internet of things devices and anything that's really 
important to you and sensitive, make sure it's on a special network with a, you know, very, very uh, creative and long and strong passwords because your kid can make a mistake. It can come back on you. Mm -hmm. You may not know it. It may involve a device that you use in order to uh, get into the network of where you work. And if where you work also happens to be part of the supply chain or, or part of anything involving critical infrastructure, you could actually be talking about a national security incident. So it's the old pebble in a lake with uh, the ripple effect. And it's one of those things where we are in this together. We have to collaborate, communicate, and cooperate. Businesses, consumers, media, uh, government, all of us, because this is something where it knows no borders. And again, no one is too unimportant, too irrelevant, or too small to garner the interest of a hacker or a scammer. Right. And especially businesses, you have so many businesses that go, you know, I'm a, you know, a tool and die company. Well, you may be a tool and die company, but who do you do business with? Exactly. And the perfect example is Target. The Target breach, an HVAC subcontractor mm -hmm. was compromised and they used the access of that contractor to get into the Target systems. And then the rest is history. Yeah. It's, uh, is it too late for us just to unplug Adam and, and just go back to the, the day of the caveman? <laughs> have, we, have we passed that point of no return? Uh, <laughs> reset? Well, my, uh, my, my, my co-writer and co-host, Bo, one of his favorite phrases is, unless you're living under a bottle cap at the bottom of Loon Lake, uh, the world is as it is. Because I once had, after I gave a speech, someone said, okay, so I'm going home, I'm unplugging everything, I'm pulling down my shades, I'm going to hide under the mattress and burn <laughs> my fingerprints off. I said, you can't do that. And what's so interesting is you could be living off the grid, but if someone you know or someone you're related to happens to drop your picture online, suddenly you're not off the grid anymore. Mm -hmm. And then people want to know more and more. And then, you know, there's, there's a great deal of curiosity out there. Just people love to know everything they can possibly know about anyone else. And we're also living in a society where people cannot control themselves. There's an unquenchable thirst to put every morsel of information about ourselves online, sharing everything online. You know, I was... Also, I say to people, look, if you're going away on a vacation, uh, share the memory, not the real-time event. Right. Because if you share the real-time event, people know where you are, which means de facto, they know where you're not. Exactly. Ooh. And there's a website lurking, it even may still exist, called Please Rob Me, where they took examples, <laughs> the most egregious examples of, of people oversharing information and giving the bad guys enough that they broke into their house. So, and an another way to kind of keep track of where you are, there's a website, Have I Been Pwned? P-W-N-E-D. And there you can put in your email address and it'll give you, it'll give you flat out an inventory of all of the different breaches that occurred where your email was exposed and oftentimes your email obviously comes with a password. So 
that's a problem. You can also enter your cell phone number, uh, and they will tell you all the times your cell phone number has appeared in a breach. And, you know, for years, everyone, myself included, would always say, just remember your social security number is the, is the skeleton key to your life. Well, actually, your cell phone number is. Nobody ever changes their cell phone number. They're all portable. Mm -hmm. And we put it everywhere. It's like we are flinging rose petals into the wind. Those rose petals happen to be either our email address or even more ubiquitous, our cell phone numbers. Mm -hmm. And once they have that, now they have the ability to figure out a way to get the second part of your two-factor authentication. Your email gives them half of the first part of your login information. So we're out there. So that's why it's extremely important to be cautious. Do not do anything by impulse. You know, whether during the holiday season, it's an order scam, a fake delivery scam, or a non-delivery scam, which is you order stuff and it never shows up. Deals too good to be true. Tech scams, bank scams, gift card scams, uh, fake app scams, charity scams. Remember, this is the time of the year where people feel the need to be charitable, especially for those who want to take deductions on their tax returns. It's like, oh, wow, yeah, I need to I need to cover some more income here. So they do it. Hackers know this. They're out there. And whether it's health-related, job-related, especially now where layoffs going on and people, look right. the great resignation, people are looking for new jobs. Just be careful about the websites you go and the information you provide unless you really have a good idea, I mean, a really good idea of who you're talking to, if there even is a job, right? and uh, if you're the right fit for the job. Adam, when you're going through this list, I start, I can't help but think about what am I doing in my life, you know, to minimize, to monitor and manage. And like, I, I don't have one email address. I have multiple. I create, I actually create a separate one just for all the accounts that I have to manage. And then Google has the ability to where you can do like a plus something. So I'll have a separate email right. account that says plus Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I know only Netflix should be charging getting emails from that. The advantage of that I found is if there's ever a breach or that email gets shared with someone else, I could say, wait, I know Netflix had this email address. How come I'm getting emails from this other person? Let me go change the Netflix password. And I'll just know to do that, for example. I found that helps to minimize and monitor all in the same account. But my generic you're right. You're right. my g- generic account that you know I email people with is not the one I use for my service accounts, if you will, for my services smart. and IOTs. And it's that way, you know, I should I should only be getting non-spam in my personal. <laughs> but it's helped reduce a lot of things I've noticed. <laughs> but uh, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. The other thing is get a Google phone number. Mm-hmm. Because then it will it will feed into your real phone number, but other people won't know that it's your real phone number. Smart. Now, unfortunately, most of us over the years have given away our real phone numbers anyway. So, but it never hurts. Certainly, the bad guys are getting Google phone numbers like crazy. It's like right. when people get an authentication code, and it's supposedly from a retailer trying to make sure that you're you. It could be the authentication code to get a Google phone number with your information. So that's why if you ever get anything that looks like an authentication number or code and you had nothing to do with it, it just showed up. And then if you get a call from someone, hang up. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yikes. (laughs) You know, and I, I call this the, 
it's the three portfolio theory. If you were to say the word portfolio to most people, the Pavlovian response is investments. Right. Uh, what a lot of people don't think about is we have a number of portfolios, two of which are our credit and our identity. And where you would hope that a professional is managing your investments, you have to be the professional manager of your identity and credit. Uh, you have to build them, nurture them, manage them, and protect them. Because if something goes wrong with one of those two portfolios, it can significantly impact the other's and your investments and the availability you have to getting the cash you need either to do what you want or to protect you when things turn sour. I like that. Adam, you know, this, I like that a lot. You know, the podcast is really about cybersecurity, but you're reminding us that personal cybersecurity and privacy are intertwined. And we tend to always yeah. focus on cybersecurity, yet we keep forgetting about privacy. And then there's folks who focus on privacy, but don't do cybersecurity. But they're really intertwined because... Ultimately, it's about protecting, as you pointed out, our identity, our credits, regardless of where we put it out there. You know, for, and at the same time, having the right hygiene to protect and minimize and everything else. That, you know, because we're really we're putting a lot of trust in these companies when we're giving data out to them. So, you know, never trust, always question, as you pointed out, is, is a good, good post. I mean, it, and just like you mentioned earlier about sharing to. When you're going on vacation, you know, save the memories, but don't don't save them, share them in real time. But like when we're sharing things yeah. to, on Facebook or Pinterest and others, are we kind of like effectively giving up our data to them? I mean, we're stating at that point like privacy or security is not important to us. This is how it feels like you you are giving up your data, and you're giving it up in the cause of either communicating with thousands of people that you think you know that you may not know. <laughs> um, also, the whole concept of, you know, keeping your friendships alive from the past. Right. But it, th this is, again, the rub between convenience and security. And, you know, I read something recently I thought was, was brilliant. They said the privacy is the, is the what, but the security, or the privacy is the why. The security is the what. <laughs> and, and that's so important is that, you know, we had talked about this actually before we went live, but, you know, Bruce Schneier, who is considered a lion in the cybersecurity industry, has said that if you think throwing money at security is the solution to, or the, throwing money at technology is the solution to your security issues, then you don't understand the technology and you don't understand security because at the end of the day, the real protection is people. We have to protect ourselves and we have to get smarter because the smarter we are and the more protected and protective we are, the more that the institutions that we are part of will be better protected. That's a good point. I, uh, you know, with the whole uh, Powerball thing, you know, it was up to a million, I think a week ago, Adam. Two, and of course, two billion. Two billion. <laughs> and, and of course, it, two. in my mind, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do with all that money when I win. And I kept coming back to my my grandmother who she literally put hundreds of thousands of dollars in the walls of her house, Adam, because she didn't trust financial institutions and banks. And I just I keep coming back to that. It's, you know, crypto firms are, are failing and, you know, banks are getting breached. And, you know, how do you know it, it is safe? I mean, I guess that's that's the other piece. How do you how do you trust that, um, you know, those that you're working with, even though they may have a great track record are, are going to stay that way? Well, I think, 
you know, one of the things you can do is also set up protocols between yourself and the institutions that, that you will never transfer anything anywhere unless you have a conversation with someone at that institution who mm-hmm. you know and knows you, or at least knows enough about you. Because I have one bank where I will send them an email and then they immediately call me and they say, okay, now you just sent us an email, right? I go, yes, I did. And they said, well, when you sent the email and asked us to do a wire transfer, did you confirm with a live human being where you're transferring it to make absolutely sure that it's going to the right place? Because once we transfer it at your at your behest, then you have authorized it. Don't be looking for it to come back. <laughs> Even though the CFPB has taken a much more aggressive position with, let's say, uh, the peer-to-peer uh, like Zelle mm-hmm. and Venmo and things like that. Um, and you still have a lot of banks that go, once you press the send button, it's not coming back. So you better make darn sure that you know who you're dealing with. And just as an example of how you think you know who you're dealing with, there was a story about a year ago where the, the CEO of a uh, portfolio company received a phone call from the CEO of the parent company saying, you know, we have a cooperative advertising program and this is very exciting. He laid it out for him and he said, we need you to wire $200,000 to this particular account, which is part of the co-op account. And the fellow hung up the phone and he did the wire. He ran into the real CEO um, about a week later and said, by the way, I took care of the money for the cooperative account. And the response was, what cooperative account? But this was a deep fake audio. And he said, I knew I was talking to the real person. And the answer is, yeah, but you weren't. So the money is gone and he's gone. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there were instances right. that uh, some of the big, big folks like Google, Facebook, they wired, I think between them, a hundred million to companies that were not the right companies. Wow. However, because they were Google and Facebook. <laughs> Uh, their money came back from the banks. But, um, you know, unless you are a super high profile person, um, you could be in trouble. Just like so many people talk about the fact that they have lost their Instagram accounts, which they took a long time to build and they use them for business Mm -hmm. um, because someone just flat out stole the account and, and either made it go away or, and there's a ring operating out of Turkey that actually specializes in doing this. And Instagram is not really that motivated to help you. It's like, no, it's not their problem. And interestingly enough, most people I know who lost their accounts lost it because they didn't use two-factor authentication. Oh, wow. So, you know, we, we are, we have a responsibility to ourselves to make sure that we're doing absolutely everything we can or you got to own a big company that will come to your rescue if you have a problem because you messed up. Mm-hmm. Anything in between is not going to work. No. Wow. Now, you talk about a lot of this on your podcast too, right? I, I love to get a shout out for What the Hack and uh, the fantastic oh, episode that dropped this week with Al Franken. I think everyone needs to go and watch it. We'll link to it in our, our show notes. But uh, I can only imagine just all the stories you've come across probably as part of your podcast, uh, you know, as, as well as your work you've been doing for the last 40 plus years. <laughs> oh, no, the stories are, you know, pretty amazing. And it's like when I was head of consumer affairs in New Jersey and 
we would we get a case. You know, my first reaction is, how could you do that? But <laughs> it's the answer is because we're people and we fall for things. Mm. Uh, we have one particularly hysterical episode on the on the podcast, number thirty nine to be exact, with a Dan at Hoot who is a uh, a comedian, and he's driving in his car one day and he gets a phone call from his uh, some of his friends saying, uh, Dan something really weird is going on with your websites. And Dan also has a podcast called Green Eggs and Dan, where he talks about cooking. And he said, what are you talking about? And they said, well, it's weird. Things are appearing in music. And so he hangs up the phone. The phone rings. He thinks it's another friend. He picks it up and he hears this voice. Hi, I'm your hacker. He goes, what? He says, yes, I'm the person who hacked you. He said, okay. And how old are you? Well, I'm not going to tell you, but I'm somewhere between 12 and 14. <laughs> so, so he said, okay, so you're telling me that a 13-year-old has hacked my accounts, to which the response was, yeah, and it wasn't really that hard. Um, and he goes, okay, what's it going to cost to get it back? And the guy said, well, $100. He said, that's all I'm worth is $100? Come on. So... And then the, the hacker is, is looking through the stuff in Dan's accounts. He goes, I've noticed in your accounts that you have Falafel Phil, who was a Disney character and in one of their Disney series. He goes, uh, why, why is that? And Dan said, because I am Falafel Phil. To which the hacker replied, oh, my gosh. When I was a kid, he said, you're still a kid. He said, well, when I was a kid, I, I really had a tough upbringing and I was really depressed and it was rough, but the one thing that got me through was falafel, Phil. Wow. I can't thank you enough. You saved my life. So Dan said, well, does that mean I don't have to pay you? To which the response was, no, but I'll become your head of security. But, you know, that's just one example of of, of the crazy stories we hear. We had our, our, our first story had to do with a, a friend of all of ours who was, uh, um, he was trolling QAnon sites. And, you know, they caught on to him. First, he got an image of an evil clown. And then someone contacted him and said, we know who you are. We know where you live. Here's a picture that's never been posted. And his heart sank. It was it was a totally appropriate family picture, but it was one that nobody had ever posted. So they got into his computer and it was kind of like, stay out of our lane or else. So wow. we had that one. We had a guy who was a journalist who was was being hacked when he went into Afghanistan and Iraq, um, which was a pretty scary time for him. We've had people who fell for sextortion scams, mm. which is where you, you get a communication from someone. It, it has your uh, password in the subject line. Now, it could be a password you haven't used in 10 years, right. which is the true in most cases. And they basically say, we know what you do. We know where you go. And bad luck for you. One of the places you went, we had already hacked into. And we actually have a video of what you were looking at on a split screen of how you were showing your appreciation for the video you were looking at. And we, because we're now in your computer, we know who your contacts are. We know who your family is. And uh, now you can pay us $14,000 and we'll go away. Or if you don't believe us, well, we'll send this particular combined video to five family members uh, and they'll confirm the fact that we're not kidding. Um, 
Or if you just tell us to drop dead, we'll just simply send it to everybody in your contact list. Oh. And people, people panicked. I was on a show once uh, with the uh, in Oregon, and the station manager walked in as we're talking about it, and she went, I've had 10 of those. And I said, well, I've had about 40 of them that got caught in my spam filter. So again, they, they cast a wide net hoping that someone will fall for it. And, you know, if they just get a small percentage of the people who they go out to, they make some pretty good money. Exactly. So, you know, these scams, charity scams, catfishing scams. Uh, There was a a story that was out, I guess, a couple of years ago. and, And we've had instances of this that we've talked about in the show where a woman believed that she was communicating with the future love of her life. She was older and managed to send this person over time $2 million. No. And it came out of her brokerage accounts. And the only way that this thing slowed down was that the financial advisor finally said, there's something weird going on and you won't acknowledge it. So he called her family members. They stepped in. They had an investigation. It turned out it was a scammer. And when she sort of reached the realization that she'd been taken, her comment was, I know that I've been the victim of a scam, but in my heart, I still love him. Oh, God. And this is the way they operate. I was on a TV show a couple of years ago. There were two women who were home healthcare nurses, and they were both in their mid-50s. They had both been approached by different scammers that pulled on their heartstrings because they had studied them on social media, knew they were caregivers, knew they had big hearts, each one and sending uh, somewhere around 60,000 to the, uh, the scammers. And, you know, they talked about it on TV and they said, you know, it's a terrible thing. I can't believe I did this, but they said all the right things. And, you know, the warning there is if you meet someone online and within three days, either they want to have your child or they want you to have theirs, <laughs> they come on really fast, really hard. If you were to close your eyes and listen to their lines, it's like coming out of a grade B movie. They are drama kings and queens. There's always some reason that they're having a crisis in their lives, why they can't come and visit you unless you send them money. Mm. Um You know, we had one woman on the show who met somebody, had a profile on LinkedIn as as a very accomplished doctor Mm -hmm. from the East Coast who had decided that he was going over to the Middle East in order to set up a clinic. His story was very believable. He had a real profile. Uh, He said to her, so everything is great except the equipment that we ordered for the... uh, the hospital that we're setting up here got caught up in customs and it's going to cost us 30000 to get it out. Is there any way that you would consider sending me the money? To which she replied, are you kidding me? She was one of the lucky ones. She was one of the more suspicious ones. And wow. that was the end of a perfect romance. <laughs> I love the perfect romance. Yeah, that's your first clue. That's crazy. You know, or one of the things they'll do is to get you involved if you're younger in a romantic uh, relationship, they will send you a, quote, compromising picture of themselves and ask you to do the same in return. You do, 
it's your picture. The picture they sent you was not their picture. Of course not. And now they basically hit you with the extortion. Say no. <laughs> That's it. Adam, those are great stories that uh, I think all of us need to listen to on your podcast and others. Thank you so much for That's joining us here today. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, listen, it's, it's my pleasure. And again, I appreciate the invitation. And uh, this was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I love I love all these stories. So to all of our listeners, please go listen to Adam's podcast, What the Hack. You will you will absolutely love it. Uh, and, and again, listeners, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We, we always appreciate you. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe. You can get a fresh episode right to your email inbox every Tuesday. Isn't that convenient? So until it's next time, everybody. <laughs> it's very convenient, and it's right, real. Adam? It's real. That's it. <laughs> until next time, everyone. Be safe. Thanks for joining us for the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. 